0: Okay, we identify the mistakes we have. Now, what kind of systems can we put in place to automate attention to detail, to remove the human error and put it into a system? It could be something as complicated as new machinery or the way machinery works, retooling. It could be as simple as, let's increase the font size on the instructions or the checklist. It could be that you just need a process in place, period. You know, sometimes people rely on knowledge. They say, well, we have good people in place and they can check the system or they can review the papers or documents or whatever, and they will knock out that error. But if you can apply a template or a checklist or some system, maybe software is needed, you can reduce that to a greater degree and save everyone a lot of time and headache.
1: Welcome to the HR L&D podcast with your host Nick Day, CEO and founder of JGA Recruitment, specialist HR recruiters. Tuning into the HR LD podcast will help you to discover strategic growth concepts, leadership development strategies, and the values and behaviours that drive organisational change and success. Together, let's empower our workforces, diversify our thinking, and achieve
2: significant HR success. Hello, and welcome back to the HR L&D podcast. My name is Nick Day, CEO of JGA Recruitment, a specialist HR recruitment firm. And I am also the host of this great podcast, which is where you find me right now. You can, of course, find the HR LD podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, and of course, on our very own website jgarecruitment.com, as well as across all other major global podcast channels. And please, if you haven't done so already, please do share it with your HR friends, your HR colleagues. Hit that subscribe option so you never miss a future episode. And if you're feeling super generous and you love the show, please, please leave us a review. It would be hugely appreciated. So where are we today? Well, today I am joined by Chris Denny, who is founder of attentiontodetail.com. There, he delivers training and workshops to help employees and teams improve by reducing mistakes improving task accuracy, and improving overall productivity. He's also a researcher, a trainer, an author, and a consultant, and he joins me today from across the pond in Littleton, Colorado. I think it's early morning over there. Well, it's the afternoon here. And when Chris is not running his business or spending time with his family, he's researching attention to detail or working with individuals and organizations to become more detail-orientated. Now, working with private companies government organizations, and even providing one-to-one coaching for high-value employees, Chris has developed a system which I want to explore in great detail today. He created it over six years ago following six years of research, hundreds of surveys, and dozens of discussions, all centered around improving performance with an attention to detail. Something I could definitely take something away from for sure. It's a great system. Can't wait to talk about it in more detail. Chris,
0: welcome. How are you feeling? Hey, thank you so much for having me. I feel great. Yeah, it's, it's a nice morning here.
2: Let's start at the beginning. How did you arrive at specializing and improving such a specific area in relation to attention to detail?
0: Sure. It was kind of by accident. Honestly, I have been a business owner since about 2008. And somewhere in the 2010-11 timeframe, I had an employee who was technically wonderful. I mean, just fantastic. But he couldn't produce client-ready work. And, uh, you know, it's what I labeled lack of attention to detail. And so I looked for training. I looked for something to help him improve, you know, book, something. And I couldn't find it. And that just, that just nagged at me. And he really a technically strong guy. And so I wanted to invest in him. So I thought, well, I, I'll make something myself. And I thought it would take an evening and I would make a worksheet or, you know, a checklist or something. And it it just didn't work that way. You know, given the topic, you, you really want to get it right, or at least I did. And I kind of went down the rabbit hole, so to speak, uh, to the point that, I mean, after several months, my wife was, she was really asking me, what is what is this thing you're doing in the evenings? You know, what what's, what's this attention to detail thing? I just started researching it, and I was kind of posting some things online. and And a year or so into it, uh, I actually got some calls, and companies would say, "Hey, will you come teach this?" and And I, I rejected it because I was just doing my own thing. I was just researching and studying. It was a it was kind of a hobby. After a while, and I got enough of those, and I realized, "Wow, people people want this." And then six years later, after I mean, I, I even spoke on it, but just for fun and to get feedback. And I did hundreds of surveys and silly amounts of library time, like actual old school libraries, you know, going to the local universities. And um, yeah, after six years, I, I just had this system. And then someone just happened to call and they said, Hey, will you come present this for our company? It was a, it was a large tech company, security company. And I said, I'd love to, but I need a month because, you know, I'm not, I didn't do this to present it. I just did it for fun. And so that's how that's how I got into it that's how it that's how it started I they loved it and I loved doing it and so so here we are
2: amazing amazing I guess as well I mean this is me looking at it in a different way but I guess you can't really launch a business as you know all around attention for detail to detail unless you yourself have given it absolute attention to detail in its own creation right so I can totally understand when it comes to this kind of subject why okay you went down a rabbit hole but also why it's so important that you do because you know, the one thing you don't want to be short on is being, you know, your attention to detail within your own business, right? And in your own knowledge and your own research. And it sounds like you, you've done that to a, a really high detailed level, which is fantastic. So using this then in an HRL&D context, can people really improve their attention to detail because I've worked and I recruit lots of people at the minute and I would say sometimes some people just have it and some people just don't and teaching it like some skills you can teach but some attitudes you can't so is it a skill is it an attitude thing is it something you're born with what's your what does your experience tell you
0: yeah so it, it is teachable of course it's like anything some people are going to be naturally better at it than others for, for whatever reasons. It's sort of a nature versus nurture thing, right? It's, uh, some part of it is how people were raised, what job they ended up having, what sort of task, what, what their parents made them do when they were young. But I think of it the way people used to think of uh, leadership. You know, it's a very, are you born with it or can you develop it sort of thing? And now we know that it, it's like what I just said. Some people seem to have it naturally other people can develop it. And it may take six months for some people and a lifetime for others, but it, it can be developed and you can improve it across the board in everyone. I truly believe that, but it's just like the leadership thing. And there's a system and, and you mentioned attitude and there's a certain attitude component, but it's what I call one of the five fundamental elements, but it's not attitude like, hey, stay positive and, and that sort of thing. It's, there's a bit more to it.
2: So where would you start then? I mean, I know we're going to go into the system itself in more detail, but for the layman, for someone like myself who... And also, sometimes it's difficult to recognize because individually, we probably think we have it. And sometimes this is the kind of skill where others will point out that you don't. Well, you know, I'll forget my keys all the time, but I don't consider myself forgetful. My wife would certainly say that I'm the most forgetful person she knows. So we often have a different version of ourselves to how other people see us. And this is a skill element, I guess, or a training element that I haven't really come across before discovering your book and discovering your system. So... It was quite new to me that this was even being trained as a skill. And maybe you're the first, but where does someone start with this? Where do you start to identify where there's an attention to detail um, skill gap, for example? Does it come from from a manager? Does it come internally? What's been your experience?
0: Yeah, I would say most of my individual clients come to me because the issue has been identified by a manager or some superior. And typically the root of it is that we need to start with the understanding that there are three types of attention to detail. And a lot of times the concept is used in such a general and broad way. And that's where the frustration comes from because people will just say, be more detail oriented, pay more attention to detail, but people have different perceptions of it and it is applied in different ways. So there are three types. There is additive, analytical and contrastive. And I kind of went top to bottom there. But some people are naturally contrastive detail oriented. So this is what we usually think of with uh, engineers and uh, maybe accountants. You know that's that's sort of the stereotypical people they they really need to get every little piece right because by getting the little piece right, you know that's how you get the bottom line correct. But there are people who are going to be more typically more creative and they're better at additive attention to detail. And that's where you're creating something new. You're being innovative. Uh, That might be a uh, project coordinator or an event planner, someone who's creating something new. And each of those people uh, are detail-oriented in their own way, but they'll kind of have conflict if they're working on the same project. And one will think the other is not detail-oriented because they just don't... One doesn't see maybe the big picture in a certain way, or the, the different parts fall into place, the other one doesn't care that uh, there's an inaccurate number. It's just okay. As long as that gets done, it doesn't matter if it's seven or 17. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. And so that's where a lot of this comes from. Um, and so we start with that basis, that foundation, and we, we work from there. We make sure that, that uh, that's understood and we can label it and then go from there.
2: How much, how much does attention to detail relate to Motivation. So, in we talked about attitude briefly, we talked about skills in more detail already, but from my perspective, I always find that I will give something. More attention to detail. If it's something I'm passionate about, something that I, you know, I'm desperately have a uh, an emotional attachment to that I want to succeed. Whereas if it's a task that I don't fully really believe in, I know I have to do it because I've been, you know, ordered to do it by by a boss or you know whatever it might be. But I think there's more risk of me making an error if I'm not emotionally attached to it. Does that fall under one of those three categories? Is you know is that where the skill can sort of bridge the gap with with attitude? what 's your what does your your experience
0: tell you yeah that's so the way you 're asking it is is really a fantastic way to be asking it so there are five fundamental elements there 's focus, interest, which is what you just asked about the the motivation component um, but it 's more of an intrinsic interest, so focus interest knowledge, systems, and attitude and the funny thing is they all go together they 're all interconnected so When we talk about interest, like you just said, there are some things you are just naturally more interested in doing or there is interest because of some obligation or because of some type of criticality. So, uh, for example, an engineer, let's say an aerospace engineer, they need to get the numbers right because it's going to go to another level of review and if the numbers aren't correct, then it's going to come back to them. And of course, the entire system of review is set up in, in aerospace because people can die if things aren't done properly, right? Or with building a bridge. So it's very critical to get it done properly. Sometimes it's through obligation. You know, it could be as simple as you said you would do it. So you're going to do it. You're going to do it properly. On the other hand, there can be a total lack of interest And, and we all have components of our jobs task that we just don't like. We don't care about, but we have to develop the interest somehow. Now we can offset that interest with attitude, maybe. And by attitude, I call it more specifically right or wrong attitude. It's it's you have to develop a, a clarity of what is right and what is wrong so that you can just know what you're there to do. And also, of course, just understand why you are doing it. That's where interest and attitude go together. And then you can you can apply a system. And the system can make up for some of that lack of interest by essentially automating attention to detail by automating some accuracy in there. So they're, they're all connected in in a big way.
2: Sure. That makes sense. Let's give me a good visual picture of how that, how that works, depending on the kind of task I might be considering. But so for our listeners then, um, Chris, can you share something from the system that you've developed or from the processes you use that they can sort of take away, they can sort of
0: understand? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, again, I always start with that foundation. There are three types of attention to detail, and that needs to be understood because, again, we we so often just say, be more detail-oriented or whatever. So once you can apply that, you always want to work backwards. If you're dealing with an additive or an analytical type of attention to detail, you want to break it down into its individual components. And that's what contrastive is all about. Contrastive attention to detail is about identifying the individual elements of an issue, a challenge, an equation, and making sure those are correct. And then you can build upon those for an analytical solution. From analytical uh, challenges, you can develop additive. And I know that sounds very general. So uh, an example of analytical would be something with multiple solutions. So let's say you're trying to figure out the best strategy for sales in 2021, right? There, there are 17 different ways you can, there, there are 500 different ways you can, you can do that. There, there are 200 best solutions and you need to figure out the one that works best for you. And so you break everything down into its contrastive elements. You identify as many of those as you can and hopefully you apply some systems, some amount of knowledge, and then you develop that analytical solution. If you're trying to create something new, then you get into additive. And that is absolutely the most complicated. Uh, you're, you're really trying to create something new, which means there's not a system in place. It's, it's hard to copy. It's hard to look for uh, something else that you can write on the back of. Now, after, after you've identified which type or types of attention to detail you're working with, then you can start applying the five fundamentals. And that is where you get into... Typically, people have a challenge that they've identified within their team or within an individual. And that's where you say, okay, you know, based on the types of mistakes being made, the types of errors or where we want to be, these are the things we need to improve. You know, it's focused interest, knowledge systems, knowledge, for example, one of the most common things I see in in coaching and consulting is, you know, we'll approach the knowledge component because we just run through the system. We'll We'll approach the knowledge component and we realize that there hasn't been proper training put in place you know, people are expected to do something they don't really know how to do. They were just kind of thrown in. They missed training day. They, you know, maybe they were hired three days after training or whatever. That has to be applied. You can put all the systems in the world in place, but your your error rate is still going to be higher than you want it to be because there's a component missing. There's a fundamental element missing.
2: Sure. That makes sense. How much of it then is, is as you mentioned all the different types which is kind of sort of form formulating things in my head here that try to make me understand it better so how much of this is down to interpretation so for example and i don't know if you remember i think it was 1999 98 something like that. when tracy emin did a, a you know a controversial piece of artwork which was an unmade bed which she put in the the tate modern and you'd have some people who don't know much about art You know, looking at it and going, or maybe like myself going, that's just an unmade bed, right? That's that you've got this, you know, you've got Van Gogh to the right, which is a a beautiful piece of of art, which has creates loads of talent. And you've got this unmade bed. I'm talking about trying to work out the creative element. Is this where some people could look at that from Tracy Emin's perspective? That's got huge amounts of attention to detail. It's probably got months and months of research and thought. But for the untrained eye in that in that particular field, that might look like something where there's been no attention to detail. Is, is that is that why you mean it could be quite complex from a creative side? Is that a good or a bad example? I'm trying to sort of get this right in my mind.
0: Yeah, sure. So to be honest, I don't get into art too much because of what you just said. There are so many ways it can be interpreted. And frankly, also, I'm not a specialist in art. I, I have to say that, you know, my lack of knowledge would, would uh, keep me from from commenting too much on that, what I what I can say is that, yeah, you would certainly be in the realm of additive attention to detail. You're creating something new. You're trying to make people think in a new way. Typically, the example of someone with additive attention to detail is Steve Jobs. I mean, he's he's like the ultimate example, and there are so many stories around him, right? So it's kind of easy to research him. His additive attention to detail was so legendary, basically, that it, it was almost... It was almost contrastive. Like in his mind, there was only one solution, whereas typically with additive attention to detail, there are endless solutions. So, okay, create a new product the world will like. Well, for him, it was, pick one, right? It it was the iPod, you know, first. So it it was, okay, put 10,000 songs in your pocket and it has to be wonderful to hold and it has to, you know, in his mind, it was clear. And I'm sure maddening for the people that worked with him because they were trying to get there, right? And so, you know, they were working on these analytical solutions and well, what is he doing? In his mind, it was, it was like, it's not right until, until it's right. I mean, until you give me the thing in my hand and that's what I've been talking about, it's, it's not right. That's a hard place to achieve. I mean, there are, you can Google him, you can Google attention to detail in Steve Jobs and there are, some very interesting stories about him because even at a contrastive level, he was, I don't know, I mean, you might say on the spectrum or something, something like that. You know, he he was something special. But that creativity is absolutely the most complicated part. I mean, I rarely get clients or or even phone calls about it because frankly, most people aren't delving into that, you know, and it it is a very different thing. So it gets into innovation
2: thought you made that clear, and obviously we can all reference Steve Jobs, which is a great example, I think, and that iPod story, if you 're not familiar with it, definitely Google that if nothing else because it 's an incredible story and, and and very you know he, he had a, he had a dream and he made that happen, and as you say, it must be maddening for those around him but if i 'm an HR manager then i 'm listening to this, and i 'm thinking, you know what this is ringing true i 've got a team, a brilliant team who I love and they 're committed and all these things, but there are certain individuals in that team, or perhaps even across the whole organization who I feel could all improve with a little bit more attention to detail with that in mind, how can you take how can an HR manager or a business take this your concept and your system forward to really improve attention to detail across an entire team or an entire organization with with a with a I guess improving performance being the the outcome they're looking to achieve as a result
0: yeah sure so it is a system and you can run down the system. Uh, Again, you know, I I always start, it's such a solid system and I always find myself having to go back to it. I'll get into a challenging client and I have to remind myself, hey, just go back to the system. And, you know, once you've identified the types of challenges you're dealing with, because that's another thing that happens is that people will call and they'll say, hey, we've had problems with mistakes, with errors, you know, with attention to detail. And... We have to dig into it so that they can label them more accurately, because people use the term "attention to detail" or detail-oriented" in such a broadly conceptual way, And that's what gets frustrating for both the you know manager and the, the individual or the, or the team when they're being told to be more detail-oriented. And so you start with that. you know let's identify the specific things we're trying to correct. Then you work on applying. Uh, Well, also, you need to see if different people on your team have different types of, of attention to detail they're dealing with. For example, I currently have a coaching client, a wonderful young lady who was brought onto a team of engineers, and they're on basically the quality control team. But she came from the new product development team, where she was considered highly detail oriented. And because they're trying to create new things, they're being creative, and so she... She had great ideas and brought in you know wonderful things to consider for new products. However, when she was suddenly thrown into a group of engineers, well, now she's in coaching for attention to detail because they all said, well, you're not detail oriented, but they are so into metrics it's just where they come from. you know if you look at how engineers are trained, look at their education, they deal with case studies constantly and what went wrong, and they're always drilling down to find the smallest the smallest things that created the effect and so for her, we're bridging that gap. And sometimes you have to do that with individuals within within a team. So but but going from there, once you kind of know what, you know, where everyone is, it's not always that complicated, but then you know, you work through the through the fundamentals. You address things like focus. You can get into things like office layout. You can get into, well, what kind of processes and procedures do we have in place? Is our mission clear? Is the objective of this task clear? Have we made it clear? what right or wrong is at the completion of this task or this project. It gets into a lot of things, but you just have to be able to you apply the system. You, you essentially work through the system.
2: So can you, can you tell us a little bit more about what the system stages are? There's, there's, you've mentioned the five fundamentals a couple of times, but if we're I'm assuming it's, as you say it's quite a, and I know you've got a book which we we'll talk about a little bit later as well, which, you, which talks about it being quite a straightforward system. So what, what does that system entail?
0: So let's look at a team level. So, you know, don't worry about individuals so much. We're trying to get everyone to do it with those fundamentals. You make sure everyone understands the fundamentals. And as individuals, they will all, they all go through certain exercises. For example, they will identify the types of mistakes they make and the effects they see. And, uh, that of course identifies it for themselves. It identifies it within the team. And then there are discussions around that. And that gets everyone on the same page. It opens a dialogue. In a, in a way that isn't accusatory, right? So when you, let's say you have 15 people on a team and five of them identify the same error, well, then it's clear this is something we should, we should address. We should discuss this because if five identified it in their top three, there are probably five others that could put it in their top five, You know where it would end up in their top five. And so you open that dialogue about the kinds of things because there are so many little mistakes and errors that happen within a team that no one brings up. It's just that you know someone sees it happening, they're kind of annoyed by it, and they don't realize that other people have the same challenge as well. It could be mistakes they're making themselves. So we get everyone on the same page. Then you work through those five fundamental elements. And that is where it gets a little bit challenging with an ongoing uh, project because different people have different levels of all the five fundamentals. You have, you, you know, you can address training at a a broad level, and everyone can agree, okay, we need more training on this topic. Okay, let's do that. You can then have the same sort of exercises and discussions around systems. Okay, we identify the mistakes we have. Now, what kind of systems can we put in place to automate attention to detail, to remove the human error and put it into a system? It could be something as complicated as new machinery or the way machinery works, retooling. It could be as simple as, let's increase the font size on the instructions or the checklist. It could be that you just need a process in place, period. You know, sometimes people rely on knowledge. They say, well, we have good people in place and they can check the system or they can review the papers or documents or whatever, and they will knock out that error. But if you can apply a template or a checklist or some system, maybe software is needed, you can reduce that to a greater degree and save everyone a lot of time and headache. You know, the interest component there are some tasks that is just aren't interesting, right? We all, we all have those tasks and, you know, so you can either delegate them, maybe you can automate them through some sort of system and then also you can develop interest. So it's not just about getting rid of it, right? It's, it's about developing interest and some people don't understand the uh, importance of their role. And I run across that every now and then where there will be people who really don't see their place in the, in the, system. They don't, they don't really understand why they're doing what they're doing. And there are quite a few tasks like that, you know, where you'll, you'll talk to someone, and they're like, I don't know, I have to do this every Monday. And I don't know what the point of it is because they don't see that when they hand it off to someone else, you know, the input, it goes into another project or into a bigger weekly report that helps, I don't know, the engineering team get, get moving on. So you help everyone understand their role. And then there are other smaller ways to help People develop interest. I mean, you can liken it to developing culture, right? So we're all in this together. Here's our history. We started in, you know, 1934 with somebody and, and so on and so forth. And you develop that, that sort of brand story and get everyone on the same team. What I do like to be clear about with interest, though, it, is that it's not motivation. Frankly, when I first developed the system, I used the word motivation. And uh, the difference is that interest is an intrinsic thing. It's it's within you, you're, you're actually interested in doing the task properly. Motivation is a little more external. Um, now it has its place, you know, if you need the sales team to do better, you can give them motivation or whatever. If you need to reduce accuracy for sure on this batch, then everybody gets a happy hour if this is perfect. But that's that's temporary, it's not a lasting and built in sort of thing. You know, I mentioned training earlier, you have to make sure the training is there uh, maybe some tasks are not assigned to the right person. And then, of course, the systems. Systems is typically where you will get the biggest impact the fastest. Not always, but typically applying a system of some kind or improving a system or making sure people know that a system exists because that happens sometimes. Um, you'll get somebody who's been working there for six months and they don't realize that there's a software or system in place that can do what they've been struggling with. So that's, I mean, that's really, it. it's just kind of different for everyone, but, but that, is, that is the system. And you might want something more specific, but that's why it's straightforward. You just run through, you know, you identify and discuss those three types, and then you run through the five fundamentals in a, in a very thorough way and make sure you've addressed them all. And it can be a little, that part is where some people get stuck because they think of them as separate entities. They don't understand that you can offset lack of interest by applying systems. You can improve focus by, well, developing interest. You know, so they all are so interconnected.
1: Have you ever asked yourself, how can any recruiter understand my HR recruitment challenges? Please don't give up on your hiring challenges just yet. Here at JGA HR Recruitment, we appreciate the difficulties associated with attracting, recruiting, and retaining top human resources talent. We also understand just how costly a poor hire can be. JGA HR Recruitment would like to partner with you to help you overcome your hiring challenges. Contact us today on 01727 800 377 or visit jgarecruitment.com to find out more.
2: Particularly on the, I'm thinking of an HR manager. Now back to the teams, that whole organizational piece. Are there any particular case studies which you can reference where you said, you know, before, before they got involved in this system, it was like X, and then when they got involved in the attention to detail system with yourself, maybe you were doing the coaching directly, you ended up with Y. Any any kind of uh, stories you can share?
0: You know what's complicated about this is that almost everything is anecdotal. No one measures how the error rate of their people. You know, no one says, well, before we had. 10 in 100 errors on this particular task. And after implementing the system, we have, you know, 1 in 100 errors. No one no one says that. It's, we're doing better overall. Morale improving is actually one of the bigger things I am told. That's one of the best, best pieces of feedback I get. I mean, to me, and in, internally, I, I just, I, I love hearing that, you know, people just in, enjoy work a bit more because you don't have that frustration around, oh, well, if only so-and-so would be more detail-oriented or something. One of the things I appreciate most is when I hear that people start implementing the system in sort of their daily morning meetings, their daily practices. BASF is is one that comes to mind where after we did trainings and we did, we did uh, back-to-back workshops with a lot of people at a, one of their facilities and they have facilities around the world. But um, so we applied it to one plant and, They immediately started applying it throughout. I mean, the chemists were using it. The lab techs were using it. As I understand it, they actually adjusted a few of the parts that they use for taking samples from tanks after the training. So I just, I just love that where they saw so many different ways to improve these little components. And that's, that is a lot of what the workshops and training are about is helping people identify opportunities to to improve the system in a small way.
2: That makes sense, because essentially what you're doing is you're giving them the tools to know how to identify, to know how to improve but when you've done that workshopping you're not always there to see the uh, the art uh, you know the delivery of that exactly. later so now that makes total sense so look, we know we know a lot more now about the you know, attention to detail solutions we know a little bit more about your system we know that you're a company and, and an individual that is supporting individuals companies government organizations sometimes you're helping them to decrease errors uh, increase productivity improve quality and all of that's you know in a workshop type environment where they're kind of analyzing and and trying to understand where the errors are. And they're coming up with those solutions themselves, which is fantastic. So they're creative in that regard. So now that we've got that, what's next for for you and attention to detail? Because going back to that rabbit hole analogy you used earlier, surely there's there's no end to how far you can go with this. I'd love to know where you're looking to take attention to detail next.
0: Yeah, sure. So uh, of course, I'm always researching. In fact, I've got a few Papers in front of me. I was rereading one of my favorite papers where it digs into error rates. And uh, it's probably mind numbing for a lot of people, but I love the topic. But so I'm always improving the system uh, in some way. And I'm getting more into uh, consulting. So going beyond training, which is a very come in, kind of drop the knowledge and then take off sort of thing, getting into ongoing projects where we start with training. We identify the challenges and then I help carry the solutions through. And that's a lot of fun. So, I mean, just, just so much fun and uh, exceptionally interesting. And I, I love you know being able to help organizations and, and individuals too. So, um, and then one-on-one coaching is also very interesting. So, those are the places I'm going.
2: Fantastic. Well, of course, if anyone is interested in finding out more about the coaching, of course, you can go to detail.com and you can obviously speak to Chris and contact Chris uh, directly regarding the one-to-one services and workshops that you offer. You have, of course, also written a book which you can get on Amazon, which is called Improve Attention to Detail, a straightforward system to develop attention to detail in yourself employees and across an organization which as I say people can access right now on Amazon what I'd like to know while I've got you on the podcast Chris if I may sure. is whether you can tell us what does that book provide someone who's going to go to Amazon and purchase the book that perhaps you're not able to give us you know in an audio based capacity what can we take away with the book that you, you you haven't been able to give us today
0: the book essentially lists out the system for you you know so I mean unless you're unless you're taking notes which I doubt you are uh, then the the book would provide that that structure. Um I'm actually working on a second edition because the feedback that I have on the book so far is that people wanted it to be more prescriptive. And so now after more work, more experience, uh, more application, the second edition which is not out anytime, you know, soon enough that I can that I can give a date, it will be more prescriptive, it will have more if then type of type of scenarios and uh, really drive at home a bit more, really help you pick the path forward for for you. But but the current book lays out the system and, you know, it, it can be applied.
2: Amazing. And of course, I should probably add as well that on your website, attentiondetail.com, although you're based uh, over in Colorado, a lot of the courses you do are virtual. You do online courses, your online one-to-one coaching. Some of those courses are certificated as well. So if people do want to get a qualification in this and really take it to to the next level, then um, I'll put a link in the show notes if you're interested in finding out more. Or indeed, if you've got an individual in your team who you feel could really benefit from some of Chris's coachings, then definitely do go to attentiontodetail.com. I think we've that's taken us full circle, really, Chris. It's been a fantastic whirlwind uh, tour in, in, in terms of what you're doing and, and how it's an absolutely critical element, I think, within any business, you'll be able to identify either teams or individuals that are probably not maximizing their skills in relation to attention to detail. I think you've given us a really good understanding of how we can do more, how we can identify where those gaps are, and how we can start applying those systems to to improve processes. So thank you so much for joining me today. Are there any other links or any other uh, sites you'd like me to direct our
0: listeners to while I've got you online? No, I think that's it. I keep everything at attentiontodetail.com. And um, you know, I love hearing from people. So I invite everyone to reach out to me if they're having some sort of challenge and want some ideas I'm I'm I love hearing from people I love hearing examples and and uh, kind of working through solutions so I invite anyone
2: a huge number of testimonials on your site as well from happy customers but where can people find you where can people reach out to you Chris
0: um, attention to detail.com is is truly the best place just go there and fill out the contact form um, I'm on LinkedIn and I love connecting with people there uh, so just look for me there uh, Chris Denny search me by that and and I think it'll be pretty clear that that's me
2: Fantastic. Well, listen, I'll put that LinkedIn uh, connection uh, right into the show notes as well. So if you want to find out and reach out to Chris directly, you can do so. Pop into the episode notes click on the links and it'll take you straight through and while you're there why not leave us a review at the same time but listen thank you ever so much for joining us today on the HR d podcast of course if you are an HR or L&D leader listening to this right now and you have an HR related vacancy that you would love some specialist human resources recruitment support with please do get in touch with me I would love to help you I would love to show what a great HR recruitment experience can feel like and you can catch me at nick at jgarecruitment.com our website jgarecruitment.com or give me a call directly 800 Just leaves me to say a huge thank you to Chris Denny from attentionstetail.com for joining me today. Thanks for listening to you wonderful people out there who have enjoyed this podcast and I look forward to bringing you the next episode real soon. Look after yourselves and each other.
1: Thank you so much for tuning into the HR l podcast with your host, Nick Day, CEO of JGA Recruitment Specialist HR Recruiters. If you need any help with the current HR or L&D vacancy, then please get in touch with Nick and his team. All contact details can be found in the episode notes. In the meantime, to make sure you never miss a future episode, please subscribe to the show through any of your favorite podcast channels. Till next time.